Were you an athlete, school teacher, or maybe worked in a corporate world? Our careers, they tend to be the way that we identify ourselves. Now, what happens when that identity is taken from you? We found ours in real estate. Now, let us help you find yours on a free agent real estate investing podcast. Starting now. Welcome to the Free Agent Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your co-host, Stratton Brown. And I'm your other co-host, guys, Michael Butler. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. As always, it's a blast to have y'all. Before we get started, we're too cheap for ads. <laughs> Go share it with your friends. <laughs> if it brings you any value, share it with your friends. Share it on social. It's the only way we grow. We want to well, eventually start getting guests on here, fly mm-hmm. them in, right? But in order to do that, we need a lot more clout. Yeah, man, because we get we get no, I mean, we get views, we get people on here, and then on the platform where it shows how many people I think listen we to released it. it better. Maybe, I, maybe, but at the end of the day, bro, it was that's that's us. That's just how we are. We rely a lot on our you know our audience to help us, help us grow. You know, what I mean, we're very we're very um, sporadic in how we do things. This might be the one thing that's consistent in our lives. <laughs> it's a podcast every Wednesday at twelve o'clock. This shit is like the only. Consistent with my life. Yeah. <laughs> right? I need to work on it. I'm, I'm going to start 75 hard again. Are you? After, I think I'm going to do it through Christmas. Kalani's going to hate me. Through Christmas? Yeah, I'm going to do it through Christmas just because uh, I'm traveling to Austin on Sunday and then I come back and then I go to Orlando. Mm-hmm. But like, bro, it's just been so much drinking and like I'm in a massive funk. One of today's mm-hmm. things is like how to get out of a funk. For me, fucking 75 hard, bro. 100%. A lot of people, t- you see, here's the thing. A lot of people talk about, you know, and we we make fun of it, right? When I say we, just general public. Excuse me, guys. Um, make fun of it in the sense of like, here comes all the new New Year's resolutions and starting it off with a bang at the beginning of the year. And there's something to be said with finishing the year off strong, right? Like, yeah, going. Why next wait? Year we're in October. Momentum. We're in October. This is the fourth quarter, man. And 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 it's it's how, how how do you? We talk about it a lot in a lot of things in your life. Like, how do you finish? Like, it's you, you can start one way, but how do you finish? Because everyone can start. Everyone can be like, okay, here we go, January 1st. But can you fucking finish? You know what I mean? So instead of waiting to New Year's to, to have your New Year's resolution, why not do start Q4? Q4. Well, start your year off fucking great. 100%. You know what I mean? And what's going on, Justin? Thanks for tuning in, boss. I appreciate that, man. Um, but I, for me, bro, I, the biggest thing is, is the drinking. I, I feel like I've been talking about this for three weeks. But like with how much I travel and then I like, get the masterminds, mm-hmm. it's all like drinking, building relationships. And even though, yeah, Andrew Rosello says, like, oh, no, you don't need to drink. Like, go out there just to bond with them. And, like, that's when we're at the Storage Rebellion Mastermind this last weekend. Mm-hmm. I truly do believe that the biggest benefit out of those masterminds, I learned a ton there, but the relationships that come with it, of me drinking with them at 1 a.m. at a casino, burning money, and we both, like, I'm, right? But, like, just doing yeah. drinking things. So, so is, would you, could you not do those things without having a drink? Um, I would. I wouldn't want to. Do you think it? Are you? You're not a person that seems like you can't have a conversation with someone that you don't know, unless you have that little edge taken off. I mean, not at all. But like, I have fucking fun. Yeah. Right? Like, I I go hard. I, <laughs> he said, I go hard. You're still young though. How old are you? I'm 26. Yeah, you know, you still you still kind of young. And it it's somewhat of a problem, right? Like Kalani sent me a picture the other day mm-hmm. of when I was in Orlando. It looks like I got murdered. Like I was like FaceTiming her, my eyes were like bloodshot red. Yeah. But like so the storage rebellion this weekend. Um 
And it was an amazing mastermind for our self-storage stuff that we're doing, the Kalani spearheading. Can I can I pause you real quick? Because I want to make sure that I give everybody that opportunity. If, if you're watching anything that we say, please make sure that you guys leave a comment. Um, go ahead and ask a question. And as we go ahead and switch topics and stuff like that, as we always do, we'll make sure we get we're able to get to those answers for you guys, because that's that's very important for us. So make sure you drop questions in there, no matter what we're talking about. You may feel like it's random. We're very sporadic. Just put it in there and we'll cover it. And comment if you agree with any of the yeah. things we do talk about. Or if you've experienced it. We're going to jump from thing to thing. Um, so we're there, right? And then, like, we do stuff all day. But the from all the relationships, from all the investing in myself that I've done in the different masterminds and everything else, hands down, the big things come out of it is the relationships I've had. Yeah. Like, oh, bro, how'd you get so many people on your podcast? Well, I fucking know. Like, I go out and I drink with them until 3 a.m. Right? To where this weekend again... I'm going out with some of the people and we're all having a good time. And then now we have like a group chat. We have inside jokes because we're all going out and doing those things of going out and drinking, going out and having a good time, going to the fucking casino at 3 a.m., whatever it is. But at least that way you can build those relationships with your people, because I think a lot of people don't. Oh, wow. Um, that's um, what a lot of people miss in their relationships. Yeah. And like Andy Frisell is at a completely different place than us. Like he doesn't have to go out and drink with people to build his network and brand, right? Like the dude is massive. Like he's a billionaire at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I see it. I see both ways of that, right? And, and I think it all comes down to kind of where you are at that moment, right? Because I can definitely... And I, I'm not that much. I'm not. I'm not older or anything. You know what I mean? But something to be, something to be said for after you hit 30 years old, right? And so... I just I can't hold it as, as good as I, well, I can hold my my liquor, but um, it's almost not worth it sometimes. And so the feeling that I get from starting things like 75 hard or just just being on a grind, there's just certain things that I just don't care to do because the feeling is just so amazing. Of being, oh, yeah. of, of, you know, what I mean, of oh, being yeah. cleansed and stuff like that. So um, your body adapts to things. And when you're drinking, your body adapts to drinking. So you don't really realize that you feel bad until you get cleansed. Until you get cleansed. You're right? like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And so once you start feeling like that, it's sometimes you, you just don't want anything to fuck that up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I get where Andy's coming from because he's like, man, I, this is the best I felt my whole, you know. Well, you lose life. your momentum when you like 75 hard. I love the like whole year long program. Because mm -hmm. it'll probably be the best year financially you've ever had in your life and mentally. Yeah. Like if you stick to it, to, and we both talk about this all the time, I hate discipline, but discipline equals freedom. Like that whole Jocko thing. Mm -hmm. Like the more disciplined I am, the more regimented I am in my life and treat every day the exact same no matter what, I will be su extremely more successful. I'll feel better. My anxiety's down. I feel mm -hmm. more in control of my life. I'm getting ahead of things. My mornings are better. And just add on to this, we got a question from uh, Justin. Justin, uh, what's 75 hard? And so that's something to clarify, too, because a lot of people think 75 hard is a diet and it's not a diet. It's a it's a lifestyle change. So it's, it's a way that you go about your it's creating it's creating healthy habits and what we consider uh, laying uh, bricks to your foundation day in and day out. So um, and make sure you add to it if I get it, if I, if I miss, out, miss out on anything. But um, essentially, there's different phases of 75 hard. Um, and the initial phase would be um, you stick to a diet. You stick to a diet, right? No matter what you, you choose, what the diet is, you just get, the biggest thing is sticking to it, being consistent with it day in and day out. Um, you got to drink a gallon of water. You have to have two uh, forty-five minute workouts. One must be outdoor. 
Um, you have to read 10 pages of a self-development book. And then there was a fifth one. What was the fifth one? It was the, the gallon of water, the two workouts, reading. Oh, you have to take a picture. You have to take a picture uh, before the before the 24 hours or before your quote unquote work day. Before ends, you go to sleep. Before you go to sleep. Um, and you do that for 75 days consistently. And what's that supposed to show you is pretty much ultimately when you stick to whether it's eating something bad or, you know, you got a good diet that you're going to go off of. When you do that for 75 days consistently, you'll start to see changes in your body. So it's one of those. It's just an effect of doing this type of program. Um, and when you're reading 10 pages, of, uh, 10 pages a day for 75 days, you should get through, a, you know, a couple books. And so you'll start to see the way that your mind shift changes um, and drinking the water. You should be able to have a whole lot more energy. Your body's going to start to recover. Um, but the biggest thing I believe is when you start to hit, you get it. What makes it a challenge is because now you don't have the excuses that you would typically tell yourself if, you, if there's no accountability. I think that's the biggest thing for a lot of people is no just having that accountability of knowing that you have to start over if you don't complete one of those things. So none of them are really huge things. But if you don't do it consistently, you end up having to start over. And so it, it teaches you how to how to focus uh, your attention on details um, on days that you don't feel like you you can do it. Right. You have to channel in that focus. Um, and it's just it's just really an accountability thing and being able to tell yourself that when you put your mind to something, you can finish. Well, I'd say most people haven't had to push through hard things in adulthood. Yeah. Like just legitimately, like mentally, physically, I feel like we've been blessed as far as being athletes. Like to where I was like, bro, I'm always going to work the hardest. And like, that's how I kind of calloused my mind. Yeah. But then even in football, like you go through <clears throat> stupid, hard shit for no reason. And it's just to callous your mind mm -hmm. to where if you apply that into a different vertical, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Right. So we're, that's really good. And yeah. Hell yeah. Justin, start that today, bro. Oh, I love it. I love it. Make sure you, make sure you share it on Instagram and Facebook and <clears throat> stuff like that, right? Because you, you can use your, your followers and, and people like that to hold you accountable also. That's just a, a different get, layer for it. And get gassed. Get gassed. I failed. And Justin, by the way, I failed three times before I finished. Yeah. Three three or four times. <clears throat> I, it took me like a year to finish. Wow. It took me out of, out of bullshit and negotiating with man or bitch like, bro, you're day three in. Eat some fucking cake. Yeah. Right? To where, bro, we can just start over. We're not that deep. Right to where you got to get that momentum, and then it starts to be like, "Oh man, I'm gonna lose it all." And the biggest tip I can probably I can give you is when people think the two workouts a day, everyone thinks that it has to be strength training, you know. And you can feel like on day one, day two, like I'm just walking, you know. What I mean, this shit's weak. But when you start to hit day thirty, day forty, um, and you're still trying to go hard in the gym two days, two uh, two times a day, like you know, whether it be outside, you're doing some CrossFit activities outside, and you're doing strength training on the inside. Um, shit, by day 10, you're going to start feeling it. And that, and that's usually when people are going to end up failing out of it. Keep it simple. Keep it something that you know that you could probably manage for 75 days, but still be able to get a decent, a good workout in because 75 days is a lot. Um, and when you mix an hour and 30 minutes um, daily, you're going to get results as long as you're consistent with it. And I exactly. think that that's to show for anything, um, anything in, in your businesses and stuff like that. You do anything for 75 days, no matter how small it is regiment like yeah and you have and this is why we go back into kpis <clears throat> this is what will get you out of your funk right because like you know you're doing a bunch of different things the wrong way and you started to lose your discipline in whatever you're doing because odds are 
again, most people aren't smarter than you. They're just more disciplined than you, and they can develop skills faster than you are because they're more disciplined in developing the skills. All right. So if you can just put that 75 hard in place, like you'll, right, I know you saw a jump in your income, like the jump in the better way you feel. Like sure. there's just so much more momentum that's going on, and it comes from the discipline that you start to implement in your life, in your business. Because once you do all those other things, once you implement all those things, or you, you can start to think of other things you can put in place in your business. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this thing regimented <clears throat> every day. We need to do this every day. And when you're already in that checkbox and role, like, okay, well, I'm doing this, this, and this, you already built that momentum for your fucking day, dude. And then mm -hmm. you can go and attack your day even more, especially when you knock it out in the morning. Yep. And that's, that's what it teaches you, right? You don't want to be up late trying to knock off three, three of the five items when you could just wake up an hour earlier and be able to have a workout in, your gallon of water almost done, you done read, like it doesn't change anyone's schedule in the sense of your family life. And it makes it a whole lot easier in the evening because at the end of the day, life happens, shit happens. And so what you're doing is pretty much you're being able to handle all those things or most of those things before life comes around and tries to fuck it up. So when people say, oh, I just didn't have enough time. No, you just didn't manage your time correctly in order to get done what you needed to get done. 100%. What else do I have? And that's how... Do you have any other ways to get out of a funk, bro? Other ways to get out of a funk? Um, I guess really just analyze it. Look back and see what, why it is a funk. Like, what is it that you're struggling with? Why do you believe that you're struggling with it? And pretty much who who, who do you who do you know that could have potentially gone through something similar? And asking questions, right? Um, they talk about mental health a lot. And a lot of mental health is really, I think they said Dak Prescott. Now he wears a, the, uh, on his on his wrist ask for help because he struggled with you know um mental especially think about last year bro yeah last year and then you know a lot of people don't even talk about like his mom passed away the year he got drafted and you know just a lot of shit that could just really be hard on somebody especially especially with football and, and just like in anything like you dedicate so much of your life to certain things and i tell people all the time like football like i i you miss out on a lot of time with your family especially in college because of the, the schedule schedules and just you know, you got to put make it a priority. So you already have a guilt on missing out on a lot of things, but it's for the greater good. Right. And so um, he has on his on his uh, tape, on his wrist tape that he he wrote, um, ask for help. And I think some so, so many times, especially as men, um, especially as black men, yeah, I right. think sometimes it's frowned upon or it's looked down on to ask for help to be open, <laughs> to be open, to be vulnerable. You know, and, and to be honest with you, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest compliment of a man is being able to to ask for help, be vulnerable. And this is a this is, again, why you need to find a good mentor, because I am extremely vulnerable with mine mm -hmm. of whatever's going on upside <clears throat> in my psychopath head of my insecurity. Right. And then they get to know like your insecurities. Like, oh, bro, mm -hmm. you're thinking this way because of X, X and X. And like, yeah. You can be open with them yep. of where you're at. And it's. The more open you can be, and we try and make this a really open podcast. Like it's a you're telling yourself a lie if you're telling other yourself that other people aren't going through the same shit you are. Because <laughs> like everybody's just trying to put on a front for whatever reason, yeah. because that's the way society was made. But everybody's going through mental health shit, even in business, bro. If anybody's saying that like 90% of their day is awesome every day in business and they're running a legitimate business, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, but your if, mindset on how you how you process the shitty stuff. Is right. one thing. Is one thing, and that's what can make you feel like ninety nine percent of your day is fucking awesome. Because to you mentally, it is because you're you you've learned how to handle those those. those but there's stressors. still like, uh, bro, 
Elon Musk still has problems. Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos still has problems. They have bigger, different problems where they're dealing with the fucking government. Yep. And at a completely different level, but they still have problems. And so it's okay to talk about your problems. That's what, again, why I always say join masterminds so you can talk to people about stuff. And then you're getting into stuff like, hey, man, I'm struggling with this with my family. I'm struggling not being an asshole and working 24 7 because I can't turn it off. Other people can give you tips, right? Toward mm -hmm. these are the things you need to be actively open about if you do want to grow. Because mm -hmm. there's no, what's the point in having a bunch of money if you're divorced and broke? Well, in fact, you're divorced. And you're old, none of your kids want to be with you. You don't have your wife anymore. And then you have all this money, but what are you going to do with it? Then you yeah. have no one to share it with. Yeah. Um, and so I had something. I had taken a note. I'm trying to see what I had on there. Um, but I was listening to a podcast earlier, and they were talking about um, being humble. And they said, you know, you're, you're not being humble. You're hiding. You know what I mean? And, and, and usually with our insecurities, it could come across as, you know, us just being humble, not wanting to talk about it. But we're really hiding from actually talking about it and having to deal with those insecurities in order to be successful. <clears throat> so I thought it was deep, man. I, I took notes on it and I was like, man, that's that's some powerful stuff because it can come across as someone just being humble. But really, they're just hiding from the truth. Oh, yeah. I talked to a guy this weekend at um, Storage Rebellion, Steve Kavanaugh. Hmm. And he, him and Alex Pardo run a mastermind called Ascend. And he was like, the majority of people's business problems are personal problems that they project on other business. As soon as you fix yourself, your business will be fine because the business is already meant to run. But as soon as you like fix yourself, you odds are you're going to fix the problems because generally, and most of your business people driven, right? They're people dri driven, or maybe your business is running really well and you hop in there and just fucking self sabotage everything. <laughs> like you never know, yeah. but it's not an uncommon occurrence yeah. for people to self-sabotage themselves. Wow. Some deep shit. Most of the, <laughs> most of the shit you got to do, bro, is just fucking thinking on what's going on upstairs. Yeah. Because I'm <clears throat> the upstairs shit. I don't know why I haven't been cognizant of what's going on upstairs for me for, I'd say, the last two years. But I, like I haven't, like I've just been pushing forward. And then now it's really moving into thought auditing. How can I think better? How can I put more constraints on myself? Yeah. To where I was listening to Tim <laughs> Ferriss's podcast yesterday. And then I've been listening to a couple other ones to where, okay, how can I do the same, make the same amount of money with less time? Mm -hmm. So at this point in time, I've made more money than I've ever made in my life this year. And 90% of my time has been spent on something that hasn't made any money month to month. Think about that. 90% of your time? Yeah. That's wild. Right? So if I can put those types of constraints on myself, then what else can I do with that other 90% of my time to increase that? Yeah. That's been something that's like, oh, well, yeah. That's pretty cool. Wow. But if you put constraints on yourself, you can see what's really possible. And like, what do you want it to look like? So I want a company with two employees that nets me $200,000 a month. Yeah. Wow. And as an audience, have you guys have you guys gone through something sim similar, right? It, what are some of the insecurities that you would say that you're having in your company or your business or even just your life um, that you feel like you're putting a front front on? And let's kind of talk about some of those too. What are, what are the <clears throat> fronts that people put up? Oh, we're doing this many deals, even though you're doing thousand dollar deals and you're a stupid bitch, right? <laughs> like, oh, we're doing thirty deals a month, but they're doing thousand dollar deal, like thousand dollar deals, like. I try not to ever talk about how many deals we do. Mm -hmm. Like I try and just because it doesn't make any sense. 
well, hey, in, in Steve's trains sales training, right? That my team just got into. Um, one of the one of the questions that they ask when they break you into different uh, meetings is pretty much how many deals are you doing a month consistently, Consistent. right? And so there's a group for if you're doing five plus deals a month, and there's a deal there's a group for if you're doing at least a deal a month consistently, right? And so you talk about you know being humble or hiding, right? Now a lot of people will sit there, oh man, we, we do five deals a month, but the key word was consistently. Consistently, you know what I mean. If you're not doing five deals a month consistently, then get your ass down to the other group. You know what I mean. And it was no problem for me to one deal a month, right? You know I mean, there's no problem with that because now you gotta you gotta stop thinking about yourself and you gotta start thinking about the people who are going to be in that group. I'm not bringing any value. I may have you know some you something, but I'm not group. really bringing no value to those people. Who and we're paying for this. Yeah. So you know what I mean. Humble yourself. Get your ass in the right group. And go learn how you can get yourself bumped up into the other group. You know what so, I mean? So you actually have value to add to those folks. The only other thing I would say as like devil's advocate, like, like I was talking about earlier, you don't want to back, oh, well, we only did we only do one deal a month, but our market makes more money than the majority of other markets in America. But, but like but like don't you can do that with less deals. You can make more money. Don't kill yourself though, right? Because like mm -hmm. a developer who does one deal a year and then make ten million dollars. Like a developer, but this is a wholesaling, this is a wholesaling or sales in general, right? And we're in wholesaling, right? But I'd say our average wholesale is twenty to thirty. Yeah. If you're in right market. now, your average wholesale deals like shit. You're killing it, and and it could be it could be growing a little bit more. Um, because we closed one recently. You know, that was a pretty damn big one. Right. Um, <laughs> that was a huge one. But before that, you know, what I mean, we're talking. You know, five, ten. I mean, because we have a couple closing, you know, soon that's going to be the same thing, like five, ten. And I feel like it, it's been that way for about a year or so. And you'll have those home runs um, every two to three months or whatever. But for the most part, consistently, it's like five to ten. I guess ten. Okay, ten. But then I'm at, it's split in two. Yeah. That, well, that's why I said, you know, yeah. Right. You know, yeah. So, so they are bigger deals. Yeah. Right. They are, they're just bigger deals that are easier to mm -hmm. deal with. What else do we have in here, bro? Um, I heard something. Um, again, I was listening to uh, another another podcast, and they talked about um, the reason why you're not successful in your business is because you you don't want to be responsible when shit goes wrong. And they gave the idea, or they gave the example of like a pilot, and and why pilots are essentially successful, right? Because a pilot doesn't fly the airplane. You know, that's all GPS navigation, traffic, you know, air yeah. traffic control. And the pilot is really just there for if shit goes bad. You know what I mean? They have the experience to be able to try to save the lives. They're responsible for the lives that are on the plane. And so they talk about, you know, just doing your job. You know, whether you work for somebody or you work with someone in a, in a particular company, you know, your value is is in being responsible and not working for the money, but but, but working um, to essentially take on responsibility. And when you start taking responsibility and doing your job, the money follows it because now there's value. And so um, the complaint on that was, why am I why am I paying you money when I still have to show you how to do your job. I don't get paid for showing you how to do something or, or walking you through how to do it all the time, right? Because essentially I might as well do it. Yep. So why pay why would someone pay you to 
to do your to, to they pay you for a job that they actually have to show you how to do it all the time. And then they got to turn around behind you and make sure that you did it right. So then it's well, why am I paying you? Right, why am I paying you? Why am I paying you? Because I, I, essentially I'm doing it. You know, so they said, learn how to take responsibility for your job so that people don't have to come behind you and double check it or they just don't feel that you're going to be able to do it to the capacity in which it should be done. <clears throat> I mean, that goes to two levels. And I love that from an employee standpoint. But at the same time, you got to coach. You got to coach them originally. You right. You have to set the standard of what it looks like. All I care about is the framework of what needs to be done. How you get it done is up to you. You only get paid a certain amount. It said, have some control. Don't take people's money when you work for them and they still have to work after they pay you. Oh, yeah. No, that's dog shit. You know what I mean? So I pay you to do something. I shouldn't have to come behind you and clean after, up what, after, 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 after you're supposedly to do it. And I shouldn't have to come behind you after I've paid you and clean up what you've done. No, but I mean, if that's you need to fire that person. I mean, no, no. it was just what I heard on the podcast. Right. So I was like, oh, man, that's. You know, because we all do it subconsciously. We all, you know, we we all um, we all do it, and you don't realize that you're doing it. But when you hear it like that, you're like, "Well, shit, some real shit." <laughs> and you start oh, thinking, yeah. like, "Well, shit, who am I cleaning up after 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 paying them to do something?" Right, and so um, it really makes you start to think. Well, I think a lot of people don't want to be responsible, and that's why people aren't big on social media because you're going to take a fat L, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be blasted. And that's why they're not successful. Well, that, like they don't want, they don't want the smoke, mm-hmm. right? They don't want the smoke. They don't. You know how many people cannot handle being LeBron James? Oh, for, bro, he, bro, bro, no, like that's he's what I'm resilient, about. dog. Like that's the smoke I'm talking yeah. about. So <laughs> you're big on social media. You're posting about your business, like you're doing all of these things, mm-hmm. and then you take an L. Or LeBron James supports China and some bullshit fucking mm-hmm. government situation, mm-hmm. but he still took it. The dude yeah. took it on the chin and fucking kept going. You got to, bro. People are wrong. Sometimes you, we're wrong a lot. I think that's what that's what's awesome about social media. Like people can just people can say, you know, you know, oh, you know, you could be clout chasing, whatever that may be. But social media will be is the biggest is the biggest accountability partner you will ever have because you can't get on there and tell them I'm starting 75 hard. And then after 31 days, they don't fucking hear from you. Hey, bro, you still doing 75 hard? Man, <laughs> you know, no, nah, man, I'll do it. You know, I, I stop because it is. You got to answer to it. You got to answer. You to know it. what I mean? And that's what I love about social media. And that's why I share so much on social media, because Max Maxwell said it when he first got started. He was like, I just documented everything. And he was like, when I did that, um, it just it, it was my accountability partner. He's like, that's how YouTube started for him. It was just recording it to have an accountability because I knew once it was out there, I would have to do it. Yeah. And that's awful. It's awful, right? But it works. Well, I wouldn't say. I mean, but that's how people are, right? It's how people. Yeah, it's how people are. Person, one hundred percent. Because every day I'm like, man, after football, I should probably walk around the track a couple times. Oh, when I get home, man, I should probably just go on for a little quick, little forty-five minute walk. And I'm like, eh. But when it was seventy-five hard, I was like, shit, I still got this walk. Like there was no negotiation, none, because I knew I didn't want to start over. None. You know what I mean? So like the only difference there was that it was some type of accountability that I had. It wasn't a difference in how I felt that day. It was just like when I go home right now and I need to say I say I need to go on a 45 minute walk. There's nothing holding me responsible to going on that walk. I think more people than not are afraid of the smoke. A lot of people are afraid of all the smoke. They don't want to talk about their business. 
And yes, there's one thing to be said for like not putting all your fucking info out there, right? And that's okay. But I think a lot of people like are afraid to where when shit does hit the fan and they do take an L, and that, right? What do people think about you? And that's the next thing like you, we talked about last week. Who gives a fuck? Like again, you have to get over it. Mm-hmm. Other people are going through their own bullshit, and honestly, they can talk shit on you, but they still have their own fucking problems they got to deal with. Mm-hmm. And them talking shit doesn't solve your problems. Like if they could talk shit on you and still solve your problems, like I'd care. Yeah, they got too much time to be talking shit to me. All right? Why you got so much time to be talking shit to me? Bro. <laughs> Bro. How to get out of the funk. Storage, storage mastermind recap. Bro, self-storage is wild. Hey, Justin, what exactly is it that, that are you new to real estate or are you new to um, something else? What exactly um, What exactly are you getting into? What exactly are you new to? How'd you find us, dude? For sure. How'd you find us? Um, so the storage wars you went over. Um, we didn't even talk about how we actually just got, we're starting. We just went in contract to, to do another one, another, another Airbnb. Um, and this one, this one's going to be pretty, pretty, I'm pretty excited. Is that from the lady that we talked to? Um, the lady that we talked to. That you talked to, to last week? Yes. Yes. So, 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 so now I'm already working one with, um, it was a, it was a family member reached out to us, um, told me how much they were looking for, still wanted to go take a look at it. And it just worked out, man. And, and and she's also sent us another one in Ontario, uh, California as a condo. And I went to go look at that one. I, I didn't go look at it, but you know, I pulled it up using our resources, um, using prop string. And um <laughs> we were able to look at it. I'm just like, shit, that's 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 kind of distant. But since since we've talked about this one that we just locked up, um, she's probably like throwing like three other ones that she, you know, she owns a lot of property and she's just like, you know, just trying to help you help us grow. How are you financing the um, furnishings, or are they doing? I did, still did it uh, private money. You did. Mm-hmm. So we'll do it that way, and then hopefully we get this thing up and going sometime soon, man. You know, hopefully sometime early November. Estimated cash flow. Um, it's supposed based off of what we were looking at. It will. It should grow somewhere between uh, about seventy three hundred dollars a month net. Um, net, we'll probably make about three thousand a month off of it. Right, that's dope. It'll be our it'll be our highest grossing one. I mean, what, that puts you almost that'll put us seven? at two four. Um, that put us at seven thousand a month. Well, that puts you at seven. Yeah, you don't. You could retire. <laughs> no, but like you could, re- you know, if you if, whatever. But you could retire, right? To where? Yeah. And it's funny that you even say you talk about growth, right? You talk about you know most people sit here and say seven thousand dollars a month. Like, should I ain't doing shit? You know what I mean? But you also got to understand that there's other businesses and there's other expenses and, you know, things like that. And so, yeah, $7,000 a month is cool, but it ain't where I don't I don't feel stress free. Right. Well, you don't feel stress free. <laughs> and I, I mean, when if you're making $100,000 a year in California, you're only making like $6,000 a month. Mm-hmm. That's bananas, dude. Congrats. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. Like to build that like passive in, that other passive income. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Bro, I think, <laughs> I think it's dope. I mean, we've just, grown too much to kind of just, you know, I get it. I get it. I'll, and I'm the person with the line that always says, you know, sometimes you got to step outside of yourself and admire where you've where you've gone. You know, and that's just to me, that's just not maybe maybe because it hasn't necessarily happened yet. Right. We're still in. The, and I mean, it's not we're still like in the process of getting it together. It's hmm? not guaranteed and it's not amazing. Oh, it's motherfucker Emilio. <laughs> 
I'm here. I'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, bro. This is the one thing that's consistently this on time. This is the one bro. thing that's con- this is podcast. This is uh, I, my assistant Jay Z is watching this. Jay Z, we need to sync up both my calendars. I don't know how we got double booked. <laughs> but I'll call you after this. Hey, 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 people don't put stuff on social media because they don't be wanting that smoke. I like it, Emilio. Hey, give them that smoke, dog. Smoke. <laughs> you got a call, dog. You on live. What's up? All right, bro. We had a scheduled mentee call. I love live. it. I love it. Um, but I mean, building the passive income, I think, is amazing. Seem like, and this is what like, you wanted to do it, right? Yeah, for sure. And you've been pushing for it, pushing for it, pushing for it. Well, I actually, I, I, we kind of took our foot off the gas on, on that in itself because it was taken away a lot from our wholesaling business or just our investment business in, in, in a sense of just my time. And so what I've done is kind of just let it speak for yourself, right? You just you continue you to do be good. A, continue to do good. People talk about you. And it was a family member of someone that we're already arbitraging through um, who reached out to us and, and just... The secret weapon might be my wife, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, I just take my wife, and and then they just, you know, they were just such complete opposites, and they see how I'm just a hundred miles per hour, and my wife is very analytical, and so I think just seeing that combination of the both of us when we go on some of these appointments, um, it kind of just seals the deal for us. That's nice. That's real nice. Um. And Kalani's the exact same way, bro. Yeah. Kalani's like the polar opposite of me. Yeah. And as soon as we come away, I get a text message like, oh, they loved your wife. I'm like, fuck, what about me? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of, it, it's always a good thing to have that, that polar opposite. They're always just like, hey, every time we talk to you, you just you just remind us of that uh, the book, The Millionaire Next Door. And they're just like, you're, you're just, you're going to do wonderful things. And I'm just like, well, you guys are going to help us get there. You know what I mean? Like that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. Salesman. <laughs> you know, hype up sales. You guys are gonna help us get there. You know, by you guys trusting in us and continuing to give us more property, that ultimately allows us to build for our future. You know, and so I think they love having a, a piece of or being a part of that, or at least feeling, you know, feeling a piece of that. Oh yeah. So we'll use that as a segue to the first thing we were talking about is like where is your focus going and how you saw your wholesale business dip significantly when you focused on um airbnb and i did the same thing with mm-hmm. me with calm magicians in my wholesaling business yeah set it up a little bit differently okay so what is your best advice for people who are getting going to me i tell people don't even start two fucking businesses just focus on one <laughs> right because you say delegate it <laughs> <laughs> i used to say delegate it but now like you start to see the mind space that each um opportunity mm-hmm. takes up in your head and then so you're trying to solve three different problems at once if you would have focused all of that power just mm-hmm. like the marketing thing, right? Like mm-hmm. focus is everything. Um, I said it before, and it's kind of what I've realized is that you almost you you, you do you want to be great at you want to be great or good at one thing um, until you have a money problem. Yeah, and so I think that makes more sense because when you have a money problem, now you got to look at other ways of investing money. Um, and the way that I seen Airbnb is that yes, it was it was great. It's, it, it is a great it, like if you're starting your investing with Airbnb because you can or however that may be, do it. Like you can do that, you know. But if you if you're already in wholesaling, you need to make sure that yes, I do use private money when I go to get these properties. But my ability to pay back private money depends on my business, on the wholesaling business. So I can go find all these opportunities on. Um, accumulating more arbitrage deals or even collecting down payments to go purchase one as an investment property, whatever that may be. Um, But at the end of the day, you either have to qualify for these loans, which means if you've had your LLC or your business for, you know, two to three years already, right, you got to be able to show 
profit and loss and stuff like that to be able to qualify for some of these properties, or you got to be able to talk to a private money lender and them feel secure enough in your wholesaling business to generate enough cash income to be able to pay them back. So the wholesaling business dying doesn't help you accumulate a, a, por a portfolio or to even feel comfortable doing so. No. And so I would challenge you to think better. And in, in what sense? And how can I do this without my wholesaling business? How can you do it without your wholesaling business? Right. Like, well, I don't work a regular job. So that's my income. So, I mean, so that's one thing. Right. Because if I had a job already, then it's different because my I have a W-2. I can qualify for different loans. I can do things, you know, hard money, whatever that may be. You can do those things. But at some point, you have to be able to prove that you can afford to pay people back. Only other thing I would say is, OK, who can I partner with? Right. Like to where like we can still constraints. So my thought with partnering with someone is that um, I, I'm selfish. I want the cash flow from it. So if I can't go do it myself, then I don't want to do it based off time. I don't want to. I know how much time it takes to, to do an arbitrage deal. And if I have to JB that with someone to take up whether whatever that may be to me, it's not it's not worth it for my time. And the only reason I ask. So a lot of people in like the storage community, some mm -hmm. of these fuckers just buy everything cash and they raise. They don't do any bank financing. Mm -hmm. They will go raise a million dollars to buy this thing. And then yeah. they just they take half of it and their investors take half of it. Mm -hmm. And they have no quote unquote bank debt, mm -hmm. right? And they and there's less stress, right? To where you don't have that hard money loan lying over your head for that amount of time. Then you have to go out and you have to do the wholesale hustle. Mm -hmm. Just different ways of thinking to where okay, how number one, how can my life be easier, mm -hmm. and I still accomplish the same thing? Yeah. So I've thought about in the sense of acquiring through purchasing, um, and what it would cost to purchase a property. Um, and furnish it and stuff like that. Typically, you're just talking about, um, you know, a down payment or even if you like you said, you're just paying it for cash. OK, so how long at that point, if I have no money into it, right, I use a private money lender who's now you can secure it with the with the deed of the house. Right. Um, in the first position, because it would be a cash purchase. Um, they fund it and you just eat the cash flow in a sense of like all your cash flow from that property goes straight to the your lender pretty much until you pay it off. Right. So maybe you could buy 10 properties and the way that you have that set up is it costs you, you know, $4,000 a month. Basically, if you just did the whole lump sum, right. Mm -hmm. And what it costs, maybe 200 grand plus the 20,000 in front of you get it up and going. Um, maybe the house makes $5,000 a month and your expenses are $4,800 a month. Right. Which is a typical rental at that point. And based off of the revenue that Airbnb makes, it will allow you to pay off your lender in like two to three years. It's a long time. You know what I mean? So like, but maybe, maybe even sooner, maybe even sooner. Cause the one that we're getting right now, the revenue on it, um, the gross revenue would be like $35,000 a year. I'm sorry, not gross. gross that net, 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 it a net about $35,000 a, $35, a year. So like they make, they cash flow enough to be able to pay lenders off. But I don't know if I want to do that work, whether I'm spending the money on it or not. I don't know if I want to do all of that work for, um, that amount of time on managing the amount of units that I would want to not make them not make any money off of it. And so you're only using the because then I might as well go buy a regular rental. Yeah. Well, at a point in time. So you're only using you're using wholesale money to pay off the lenders. You aren't using the actual deal itself to pay it down. What do you mean? So you're just doing it in big chunks like you said. Yeah. Up. Yeah. So I put 15, 20 grand at a, at a time on each of these. So I'm, tr I'm making a trade off for 15 and 20,000 dollars to make two to three thousand dollars a month. 
Still a great year. And like you said, I'm going to spend $15,000 on this house. that's going to bring me 35,000 in the next year. Right. So why wouldn't I do that? Yeah. So, you know, it's people can look at it as it's like, okay, well, arbitrage, because there is, there's, there's the thought that you're going to put $15,000 towards a home that you don't own. Right. And so there's the, there's the ability or there's the possibility that a homeowner or a landlord can say, you know what, I'm just going to, I want to sell the house. Um, and you lose that money. And, but you aren't, you aren't investing into these homes. Only one you invested in one of them. The rest of them you're not. You're only buying furniture. They're small. They're small investments, if, if anything. But but then now that's where the challenge comes, right? Now you have to challenge yourself. And when you talk about security, these are conversations you have with homeowners before you even enter into an agreement with them. When they ask me how long I plan on being there, at least twenty years. And they look at me kind of like twenty years, because at that point it's not worth it for me. At that point, why I'm not taking this risk if you can't even, you know, just fathom the thought of me being there for 20 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when you enter into those that, you know, and I think that's why a lot the the landlords that I've spoke to, they really admire my ambition because they understand that I'm, this isn't a short-term thing for me. I don't care if I own this house because renters do it every day. They go rent a house and they plan on being there forever. Right. And the problem is your landlord's going to put tile countertops in there. So what happens when your wife wants granite countertops? Nothing. Are you going to reach out to your landlord and ask them to put granite countertops? Move out. No, you'll probably just put them yourself. You love the house. If I'm renting? Yeah. No. But what if you want granite countertops? You love the school district. You love everything about it. I mean, no. Bro, I'm putting countertops in there. I don't give a shit. Because if I know putting granite countertops in in, in a rental, what does that cost? $800 a slab? But what is the return on that when you talk about the, the bookings that you're going to get from that? How many people are going to pay a little bit more because it looks nicer? So I don't care that it's not my house and I'm putting granite countertops on it because that's a short term thing. You're thinking about what if I get kicked out tomorrow? I'm thinking how much money is this going to make me for the next 10 years? So we have two different mindsets to where, yes, we invested into this like studio, mm-hmm. but I'll never invest in something that I don't own because I have no control. And I think that's just a bad way of looking at it. I don't think it's a bad way of looking at it because like you still aren't um if any if anything that would benefit you that I tell you to do with these, I, I'd still like push them to like buy that bitch at a point in time. But that's like, but see, but that comes help. after you bring value. So now I'm a good tenant for so long, they're tired of dealing with these properties. Now I'm first in line for someone because I treated their home as if it was mine. Not they they've either. understood how much money I've put into it and they respect that. Now I don't I don't now you talk about you coming behind trying to buy this house. It don't matter how much you offer. It's not guaranteed, but not a lot in life is guaranteed. And I'm not going to bet my future on just trying to always get shit that's guaranteed. I'm going to take risk on myself. I just I just don't like. um, I don't like investing something that is not an asset of my own. Mm -hmm. I I 100% on board like buying all the furniture, right? Yeah, because I I can I can right. I don't give a shit. Like I can move it. I can do whatever I want with it. We can take it. We can place it somewhere else. But then if something does happen, God forbid that thing goes like. To me, it's not worth the. Um, God forbid what? Like someone dies, right? Like, like God forbid someone dies, it goes into probate. They fucking want to sell it off, mm-hmm. and then you lose the asset no matter what. Like just stupid shit like that. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, that again, shit happens. We lose money like that uh, on um, dumb, dumb shit all the time. But dumb shit don't always bring the cash flow that this will bring me. Like, um, like honestly, the cash flow for me is the fucking is 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 ultimately the fucking. What you want? Like I'm not buying a house based off of the Airbnb cash flow, right? Which that that could be pretty dangerous in a sense because even if you own it, 
Yeah, it no, could be an alligator property at some point if anything ever happened with Airbnb. I and then I want the. Uh, I'm just thinking like 20 years down the road. I want the buy down and I want the depreciation. Like I want all the good stuff that comes with the actual real estate. To where like I'm at the end of it, I'm sitting there holding a property free and clear. Mm-hmm. If I jump through a couple other hoops, and yes, I I give up a little bit right to where you're talking about. Like, oh well, I'm giving up this much right now. I bring in a mm-hmm. partner. I still jump through the same amount of hoops, mm-hmm. but then at the end of it. Where twenty years, I put them on fifteens. Right, I put them on fifteen-year mm-hmm. mortgages. In fifteen years, I have a hundred that are free and clear, mm-hmm. cash flowing the way I want. And then you're sitting there, and you don't you own a hundred, same thing, mm-hmm. but arbitraged. Mm-hmm. Well, my whole with point no mix with no mix. See, and that, I think that's that's where we get lost there because, excuse me, man. My thought with arbitrage is that, like I said, we're going on property three, and it'll bring us seven thousand dollars a month. I know that I'm using arbitrage to ultimately build enough cash flow to the point to where my wholesale business at that point continue, buys me more buy, buys me my actual rentals to 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 put as an Airbnb in my Airbnb portfolio. But kind of like how with Jason, we talked about Jason Pritchard and how he bought in certain area certain zip codes um, that came with problems. But it got him to where he needed to be in a, his investment business, where now he sold them off. Right. But and you so can't sell yours off. I don't need to sell them off. I just need the cash flow. They say they say when you when you're first getting into uh, uh, real estate and investing, you have to ask yourself a question. What do you want? Do you want depreciation? Do you want cash flow? I want all of it. Bro. But you what's more important for you at that time? Right now, okay. what's more important for me is cash flow. And I don't care what it costs me. If that makes sense. I get like my ego is not bruised because I don't own it. So it's not about being bruised. One thing about cash flow is the security that comes with cash flow. Well, what do you Inherent- do with the cash flow? Is is the thing like now now investing in something like that and not having a fucking plan? Now that's fucking stupid. But I have a plan. Because I have a plan that this cash flow allows me to be able to X. ultimately purchase. Right. Because like so I'm okay with investing into something that I don't own that's bringing me magnificent cash, cash flow, flow for the because it doesn't take me a lot to get there. And when I think of cash flow, right, I think of security. Like everybody wants, mm-hmm. especially as a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody who says they're fucking fully secure in their business is lying to you because they all have ups and downs. Million dollar businesses take mm-hmm. massive hits every day. To where, okay, it's cash flow, but my cash flow is guaranteed more secure if I own it than it isn't, right? So, like, that's what I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. right? So, like, okay, and I'm betting on cash flow 30 years down in the road to where I'm building something now, mm-hmm. right? And to where I'm thinking of something more permanent. Yeah, that's where we differ a little bit. But if you, if again, it's an, it's no different than um, like call magicians, right? You're just taking the revenue. Yeah. So when you look else. at when you look at like in a wholesale business, you can make, you know, you, you know, say making a hundred thousand dollars your first year or whatever, right? So this year we'll just say, and this is again, this is for context, but let's just say um, we made over a hundred thousand dollars our fir- first month this year. Right. And so when you talk about if I just took one hundred thousand dollars from a wholesale business and I arbitrage fifteen thousand dollars to get Airbnb up and going. Right. That gives me six houses arbitrage. I don't own any of them. But what that gives me is two, four, six, eight, ten, ten. twelve. That gives me twelve thousand dollars a month in, in, in cash flow. And that's on that's at the bottom spectrum. That's not counting the hot season. Right. Because an average month for us in one of those properties may be between five to seven thousand dollars gross a month. Whereas in the summer, we're hitting twelve, thirteen thousand dollars in a month gross. Okay. Right. And so 
you take that into what it is. And so I said, this one property will make us $35,000 in a year. Now you go ahead and you multiply that by five. Maybe you just say $20,000 a year, right? You take all that money. What are you able to build with that money that you don't have to do much to get? It cost me $100,000 to get how much in cash flow. And now what does that allow me to be Maybe I get five or six, you know, Airbnbs and now I go buy five, five or six Airbnbs. Or you're gonna have you're now you're gonna be at a point and you are at a point this year to reflect we have to buy real estate. hundred percent. I don't buy and so it. that's how I look at it. I think a lot of people think of the in, the security of it. And, and I tell them like at the end of the day, everyone bets on themselves at some point. And this is just where I bet on myself. I'm hundred percent secure in what I do and how I how I'm going about getting cash flow oh, yeah. because of relationships that I build with people. Um, and they understand. You know, it's just not something that I would do if I don't trust you, first and foremost. And I want to know what, you, what your long term plan is. How long do you plan on owning these properties? These people have already owned them for like 15 years. They bought them at a really good time. Right, cash. They just want their rent. Bro, if they bought them cash and they just want their rent, I would, at the beginning, I'd be like, hey, in five years, I want to talk about us purchasing it from you. I want to know. Conversations have been had. Right, like to where, like, yeah. I, I want to know at a. They're so bought in with 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 them. They're so bought in on my success that they love being a part of it. And I've and I've dropped that dime. I said, "You own this amount of property. At some point, you don't have children. We will set it up to where I become your child." <laughs> as funny as that sounds, right? But you know, what I mean, like, it's a long game. So, like, yes, there's no security, man. But I'm 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 betting on who I am as a person, my values, my my reputation, just how I treat people. And ultimately, why wouldn't you be why wouldn't they want to be bought in on 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 my success? I don't trust people. That's fine. I don't trust people. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I don't do business with people I don't trust. So I do business with people I trust, and then still, mm -hmm. you know how many people uh, how many people lie, steal, cheat, and all this other shit? Yeah. To where we're over the weekend, right? We we're talking about employees stealing. And one of the guys was like, Yeah, so it's like a common thing in a dentist office for your best employee to be the thief. <laughs> and, and he was like, Here's the three trends. He's like, Number yeah. one, they buy everybody else stuff. Number mm -hmm. two, they stay the latest. And there was like a third one. And he's mm -hmm. like, And it's not an uncommon occurrence. It's like, It's a very, very, very common occurrence to where you're just getting stolen from. Yeah, whatever. I don't worry about things like that. To me, that's negative stuff to think about. It's true. This shit happens. I mean, it's true, but right. I, I just like being more hedged. Right, but then at the same time, no, the shit I do is fucking hedged. I'm so <laughs> off the walls. You know, what am I going to go spend this money on anyway? Like, I, I get I get that I can go put it as a down payment and buy a house and collect, you know, and, and, and let's be real. The down payment that it costs me to do some of these Airbnbs, the down payment that I would be able to afford would be in areas that I wouldn't even be able to Airbnb in. So cash flow. Right in the area it. that's like worth it. And and so it that, you know what I mean? So then what, what am I cash flow? I get that there's a security, you know, but fuck, how many of those do I got to fucking buy? That's what I, that's why I made you consider like the partner thing. Yeah. To where like you can still leverage everything from that other person. And again, mm -hmm. we have more time. They have more money and cash. A. Yeah. With a bank. Yeah. To where even with our self storage stuff, we'll bring in a couple of people. Yeah. Okay, now that. we can buy a couple million dollar facility and it's not a thing. We get less cash flow, sure. Mm -hmm. But out the gate, we're more bankable to the banks and it's a lot easier, blah, blah, blah. See, maybe blah, I just blah. don't know how to do it yet, man. That could be that could be what it is. You know, <laughs> this is I'm just doing what I know and what, what's worked for me so far. Does, I'm hundred percent sure there's probably a better way of doing it. Does Kyle pay for renovations on his? 
Uh, Kyle use uh, he he does some of the arbitrage. No, 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 no. We don't pay for renovations. We 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 do. We have a budget, and within that budget, we try to see what we can get done to to achieve the price that we want to achieve. And so, if that means just coming in and painting some cabinets, that's preference. That just means it's going to look better in our pictures, and it may cost me six seven hundred dollars to paint the cabinets throughout the whole house. To me, that's worth it. But I have a budget, so as long as it's within my budget, then I'm okay. So you are you are going in and doing res renovations if it's within my budget. If it's within the budget, and, it, and it's more cosmetic. It's more cosmetic. We're not like the um, the laundry room at one of ours in Tower or the one that we have in Tower. That was intense, dude. huh? It, it was like three grand, but it allowed our cleaners to be able to do laundry in an area, and it created a space for our guests to not have to go outside to the garage to wash and then bring it inside to dry it. And so my next question would be, why would you be afraid to put that on the landlord? Because the landlord's not the one that has an issue with it. Because because anyone that, else, anyone else would have no problem renting that house with that issue. Not making, that's that's a me issue. But he wouldn't make the same amount of money, huh? But he wouldn't make the same amount of money that he's going to make with you. But he's bringing to me him allowing me to use that house. That's more. That's enough value for me. I'm good, bro. I'm going to make that three thousand dollars back. I don't give like I don't care. Like to me, that's that's little that's little problems. Like I can sit here and fuss about the three thousand dollars. But at the end of the day, how much money am I making on this house each month that compared to what he what I'm paying in rent? I don't know why I'm so adverse against it, bro. I'm just adverse mm -hmm. against the um, lack of security when I'm going for mm -hmm. cash flow. Mm -hmm. When I'm like because I'm when I'm going for cash flow, like I said, I'm going for security forever. Mm -hmm. I'm, to an extent, right? I mean, yeah, everything can burn down, but, but we all are. Forever. We just choose our time when we're going to do it. We've wholesale for three years with no security. You don't know your deal, yeah, you, but you that's know. why I'm doing cash flow. Yeah, and that's too. why I'm going and buying. Other it gives me security now. Like even stuff. though, even though it could be a false sense of security in a sense of all th all of my landlords decide like, oh, oh now I'm not. I don't want to do it anymore. Like, but that's like that's hypothetically speaking. Like I'm gonna stop my growth because of the pursue hypothetical fear. Like, no, I'm a fucking bet on myself and I'm just going to go. And if it happens to occur, then, bro, the good thing about it is I know I know how to make money. That is one. But how much money is. can I make before I fucking get caught? If you think, of, you know, what I mean, and just to put it yeah. in reference, can I make fucking, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars passively before fucking someone's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, I mean, so I'm going to get to economies of scale. You're fine. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, I, I like I think I'm fine. That's why I'm okay with the cash flow now. Because what can I do with that money before anything negative necessarily occurs? And in a worst case scenario, what's the worst thing that that happens? I got to spend two thousand dollars here, but fuck, I already made thirty five thousand dollars this year off of that house. Yes, and, and now you're gonna run into like you need to buy real estate. So mm -hmm. I, I just don't think you're gonna be doing this long. Doing what long? Um, High like the arbitrage because like now no because then I'm I'm gonna run into a money problem exactly, exactly. and so with the money problem I'm gonna start buying problem. my own shit you're gonna have to just keep buying shit but you gotta understand that I've already invested my initial money into these arbitrage units so, 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 so it doesn't really matter at this point because at that point it does become like a typical renter rental in the sense of like I'll fix whatever gets broken at the time but it just gets added on to the stuff that I do have um, protection into the company all right what else. What else? You still haven't convinced me, but what else? Yeah, fine. <laughs> Diving. I'm comfortable, bro. So that's all. I know, you're comfortable. <laughs> so that's fine. Well, I'm, I'm questioning your people's opinion. People's opinion on it. 
it doesn't fucking matter because I'm fucking here at freaking one thirty and I'm not tripping. And at the same time, I'm questioning your process, but at the same time, I'm so happy for you. That you yeah. have seven thousand dollars in cash flow a month. It's all a risk, man. It's all risky. We're all gambling. Uh, but that's where I thrive. That is legitimately where we thrive. Diving into NFTs. And you don't do any crypto? No. Nothing? No. Why? Because I don't know enough about it. Do you want to learn more about no. it? No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, bro? You got to become at you. Bro, I don't. And I don't knock anybody for it. Like, I think it's, it's fucking. I think so it's fucking cool. awesome. Bro, it's. It's the craziest investment vehicle you could ever use. But do you know how much like how much time it will take me? Like you can teach me about it, but I don't even want to cloud my fucking mind with with more with, with more info that I don't need to fucking use. Because now I'm distracted from being great at the things that I'm trying to get great at. I'm so and for me it's a fucking hedge because I'm freaked out by what the US dollar is going to be. I don't care. That's fear based. It's not fear based. That's fear based logical investing. It's the um, fucking government, bro. At the end of the day, if the government wants you fucking broke, you're going to be broke. Like, you you can't... You're not defeating the fucking government. That's just what it comes down to. No vehicle has... Can grow as fast as crypto. Right? So, like, never before in time has an asset been able to appreciate at 4,000% in a six-month span. How much is one share of Bitcoin right now? So, that's only Bitcoin. Like, I'm not just talking about How much about is Bitcoin. one share of Bitcoin right now? Bitcoin just hit 63. 63 what? 1,000. Okay. That's only Bitcoin. Yeah. So, like, there's Hex. Hex at, a, at the beginning of the year, Matt made a million dollars off of Hex this year mm -hmm. in a six-month span. But at a really good time because he had the, he had the knowledge on it too. Right. He but took like, a risk. again, like, and he took a risk because it wasn't secure that that motherfucker was going to grow. No, but it, like, there's like a two-year span before that that was still growing. Mm -hmm. But even like, you say the same thing about Bitcoin. Say the risk about your fucking arbitrage. Yeah, exactly. But you're you invest in in, in, but, in crypto, but you won't invest in arbitrage. No, I I throw it in crypto any day. Because one day they might sell it to me. Just like one day crypto might grow. But it's still it's still a risk. You don't know. No, I mean, But why would I not take going, that risk? But crypto's not going away. The house ain't going nowhere. It might burn down. At that point, fucking, they may sell it to me a dime on a dozen because they got the insurance money. Somewhere. But let me get back to my crypto <laughs> point. So at no point in time has a vehicle been able to grow at that rate in that amount of time. Mm -hmm. Right? So like, even if like we can buy real estate and we do create like X amount of returns... Not creating four thousand percent returns in the six month span. To where, we, and again, you're going to look up stuff that's researched, like okay, what is the back end technology of this, and all that other nonsense. Well, not nonsense, like the really good information mm -hmm. you need to know. But like, if you would have bought Cardano, Hex, the fuckers who did, excuse me, buy Bitcoin a while ago, mm -hmm. but you're coming up like even the goddamn Shiba coin, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't see any value in Shiba. Dudes were changed. They are never working again because they had a, they bought a thousand dollars worth of Shiba like a year ago, two years ago, mm. like crazy money. Yeah. See, I, here's the thing: you you almost got to have that type of money to be able to take that type of risk. Like, if I'm making a million dollars a year, yeah, I might throw I might throw about a hundred grand towards some crypto and see if that shit works out. But I'm not, so I ain't throwing a hundred grand towards shit that I don't know that's gonna work out. I'll throw it at Airbnb though because I, I know it's gonna make me so some money. <laughs> crypto investing yet right in like the random fucking meme yeah because now you're paying somebody else to, to do the work for you because they have the knowledge they have the teams they have the like you know what i mean like at that point like in order for me to invest in something like that obviously i'm gonna do it through someone that i know like love trust you know stuff like that but then i'm also paying for the value that they bring to me also for 
Yes, and I've I've thought about this, right? Like, do you invest in like a fund? And so, some I was talking to a dude two weeks ago in Orlando. He was like, "Yeah, my friend makes X amount of return off of his crypto investments, and I just give him my money, and he takes mm-hmm. a share." I'm I don't know why I'm not comfortable with that. I feel again, it's another what, limiting belief I have mm-hmm. to overcome to where it's not that much knowledge and education that you have to gain if you spend time like over a three week span mm-hmm. on YouTube reading documentaries. And then you can like, okay, I understand the backend value. Like I understand everything that's going on here. And then you can do researches on research on certain coins mm-hmm. to where like, oh yeah, well, this one, they want to eliminate social security. Like they want to eliminate like what a, on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, no one will ever get their identity stolen again. That's something I believe in, right? And so it, again, it goes into investing in that. So crypto becomes political. Um, no. Hmm. Not, I didn't explain it well enough. I don't, I don't understand. And then NFTs. I was in Steve's training today. I don't understand. Can you, can you help me understand this? No. <laughs> no. I'm, so I have nothing against it. I just, I don't like, I'm ignorant to it. And I'm okay with acknowledging that I'm ignorant to it, that it, I could be missing out on something. And I've just, in my mind, I've come to great terms. I've, I'm okay with missing out on it if I'm just. To me, I don't even want to say it's not worth it at this point in time because it probably I'm probably missing out on something great. But as of right now, we'll I just, have a talk in a year, and I'll show you how much yeah, you're missing out, fucker. With all these all these unsecured fucking Airbnbs, I might be good by that time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm debating whether or not I want to um, get the Tesla or like put two thousand dollars a month in crypto. I'll, I'll probably do both. <laughs> Are you supposed to make enough money so you don't have to make those decisions? Well, no, so I was like sitting there, like you get millionaire next door by the fucking broke people who tell you, like, oh, you don't need a nice car. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, do we need this? Do we need that? Blah, blah, blah. Keep grinding. But at the same, and then I have my other mentors and friends, like, bro, fucking feel good, pull up feeling good. Yeah. You make enough fucking money. Like, at this point, you're smart enough, you know yeah. what to do. You can think and create that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Well, and everyone has different beliefs, right? We we have we have friends who are very conservative, and that's it. But it works for them, so why wouldn't they stick to that, right? And then we have friends who aren't conservative, and I just try to just be semi smart about it. You know what I mean? Like I tell my wife all the time, like if I if I if we're tripping out, if 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 worse come to worst, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? We can't make this car payment, and say this car payment is like five hundred dollars a month. Now, if we can't make a fucking five hundred dollar car payment a month, we got bigger issues in this fucking car. What the fuck are we? You know what I mean? And let's just say I believe in my ability to fucking make money more than I believe in the possibility of me not being able to make a five hundred dollar car payment. Right. And that's just how I look at things. Right? Is it is it five hundred dollars that I could be making more a month? So that's what I'm thinking of. Like, okay, maybe if I take the two thousand to the Tesla, and I still invest two thousand in crypto. I'm thinking, okay, I should just take four thousand and invest that into crypto. You know what I'm like? That's where my head's going. Or maybe just do two thousand this month and two thousand next month. I'm, and I got triggered by this by watching an Alex Ramosi video, mm-hmm. and the dude makes like twenty million dollars a year, and the fucker still drives a Prius. Mm-hmm. And and he explained like word for word like why he did it. He was like, well, my goal is to be rich, not look rich. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, fuck you. Well, but and, and there's the reason right there. There's the reason he for d- that. he didn't want. He, he's not buying. If you're buying it for other people, that's the wrong reason to buy it. And I hate my car though. I hate my car. Like that's all the reason you need, bro. Like I want a new fucking car. Like I work hard. I want a fucking. I just want a nice car. 
I don't give a shit who fucking sees me in it. I don't, you know, I'm not buying it for other people. I'm buying it because when I'm cold, sometimes like I get upset that I don't have a fucking heated steering wheel or heated seats. And I work too hard to not be comfortable by the time I get to my office. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like shit. Or I get in a Honda and the fucking the power steering's is going out. So I'm fucking sitting there going like this. Sometimes I just want to fucking whip that bitch with one hand. You know, <laughs> like that's just, that's for me. That's not for no one else. So my pushback on that is now at a point in time when you are raising cash, you're going to public events and everything else you do have people do take you more seriously depending on the way you look mm-hmm. i'm not trying to come across as rich but you need to look nice yeah right so i'm like, okay then i use that and that came from like the bradley thing yeah i can right i probably have too many fucking people i'm following and fucking up my I head still got the honda bro and i'll keep i'll keep my car though. i can be humble as hell when i need to i can be humble as hell when i need to right i'm not i don't ever plan on going to but when i leave i'm like ah should i take the honda i want to be comfortable I love your truck. That was the other thing I was looking at. Yeah. Like the, ooh, what yeah. is it? The TRX? TRT? Whatever? I don't know. See, now, okay. So when you talk about the truck that I have compared to that TRX, now what would be my reason for wanting to buy a TRX? That 100% would just be for like... I want to go fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, that don't make no sense for me to go buy unless I got fucking buku bucks. It's and only $2,000 a month. Huh? It's only $2,000 a month. Oh, that's it? Yeah, bro, I can't justify that. Especially because I know like I'm 100% happy with what I got and I would just be buying a fucking TRX to just have a TRX. Oh, they go so fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like who am I racing, bro? Like <laughs> me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so I got to start thinking about shit like that. Like why do you really want this truck, you know? And so um that I, those are conversations I have with myself like why are you buying this or why do you want to buy this? To me, so it's for the Tesla, it started off, we were driving to Salt Lake all the time, and yes. I wanted autopilot, but then I, I just refused to drive there anymore. I don't think like, you have to like convince yourself of why you need a Tesla. Like, I think everyone needs a Tesla. After driving one of those damn things, everyone needs a Tesla. Bro, everyone needs one. Yeah. I don't know why I'm being such a bitch, yeah. but I, I have been a bitch about fucking pulling the trigger. I put in the order like a month ago. I said I always wanted to get to a point to where I bought like, I bought like a car that I didn't need, but just because I liked it. So people can tell me like, oh, well, first of all, not for people. It's just a car that you want, but you can't really justify like why you bought it. You just want it. Like, I want to have one of those cars. That's a flex. Uh, well, you know what I mean? Like, but it takes a certain level to get there. So I'm nowhere close to being able to do anything like that. But like, I want like, I love the Dodge Challengers. Like, I want to fucking. Bro, I hate them. I love You want to know why I hate them? <laughs> what? A fucking secretary can afford a Dodge Charger. It's no, like there's no, 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 no exclusivity. Uh, you know, I want, I want like the big boy. You know what I mean? Like, I just want a fun car. Maybe it, it'll change. Maybe it'd be something else. But like, I just want a car to have fun with. You know what I mean? Like, just to have it. You know what I mean? Do fun shit with. You know, do ratchet shit with my friends. You know, like stuff Hell like yeah. that. But like, I couldn't justify doing it because I got three kids. So like, who are you fitting in this sports car? That's like nobody, you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> I, but at that point, it don't matter. It don't matter. It, don't, it, it is me. I fit in it. You know what I'm saying? And so like people can be like, oh, well, why, why would you buy a car that you don't even, because I can. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm, no, like, I'm, I'm nowhere near to that point. You know, I just, it'd be, it'd be years before I get to the, get to that point. But you know, that's, that's like a bucket list type thing to be able to buy a car. I really don't need. I just want it. Do you have a vision board? Hmm? Do you have a vision board? I don't. I need to. I have. I had a Tesla on there, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, we can buy it." But then I'm right going back and mm-hmm. forth on that. But the next one I want is like a legit Ferrari. Like, my, I want, my truck. My truck was on my like on my in my in my mind was on my visual, visual uh, vision board. Okay, but like, I mean, and 
again, I probably could buy it this year. Well, I'm talking to my CPA tomorrow to where, okay, I have a tax liability. <laughs> you'll probably need to, you'll probably, <laughs> you'll probably need to buy one. You right? know, I think Dean just posted it. something like that. Like, yeah, like, you know, you get to a point where you gotta, you gotta have something to kind of write off of it. But the Ferrari. Yeah. And we'll, we'll end on that. I want a fucking red. Well, I want a black one. Okay. Right? Like a black Ferrari that sounds mean. Kalani yeah. hates the sound of cars. Yeah. I love them. Like, I love this. I love the sound of your truck when you start. Like, the truck and the car is just a different sound, man. I I, I had an 88 step size uh, single cab Silverado. Um, it was, uh, yeah, 88. And I had it when I was in college. And the fucking sound of it is just, they're just, just, just different. Like you can get in a car and a car is, is just a different hum of a truck. And I've, since I've not had my truck, I've been wanting, I've always had the, the, it's just different pushing the pedal of a truck or just, it's, it's just different. The ride just, so I had, I had wanted that for, for a while now. And so that, that kind of tied into that. I'm trying to think. Do we have anything else we were going to cover? This one went a little bit longer. Yeah, this, this went long, so we got to go ahead and start letting some folks go. Um, sorry, guys. I mean, we definitely hate to cut it off like that, but, I mean, we're here every week. Same time. We got a family obligations. I know I do. Right? And <laughs> so, you got coaching obligations. Yeah, so some things we got to get to. And thanks for uh, – Justin found me on Zach Ginn's Flip with Rick YouTube channel. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming and following. And Armand, I think Armando said 100 Facts 100% to just buy the fucking Tesla. And just buy, buy the, the fucking Tesla, bro. Just just do it and just live with what, what, what occurs after. Solve the problem. Solve the next problem. Solve the next problem. You know what I mean? It's easier to solve the problem in, in your Tesla. Okay, okay, I got one more. I got one more. Then my next mentor was like, bro, I don't buy any, uh, I don't buy any car unless I'm buying it cash. Okay. That hurt my soul. I'm not that rich, though. Right, I'm not that. I'm... I'm I do not have a hundred thousand dollars. I want to use he has to a buy a car. He has to buy. It. He has to like show that cash going somewhere. Like I'm still at a point where small write offs are good enough for me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't need I don't need six figure write offs. Right. Know? If I'm using that six figure write off, that thing's going into fucking real estate. It's not going into a goddamn car. Again, there's levels. Him spending a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars on something doesn't fucking phase him. It's like, you know, I mean, like, it, it's almost like I always say it all the time. Like, you know, you get these basketball players, these football players that can go buy these these fucking cars for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And we're like, bro, like you buy that shit cash. They buy, and they get that. And, and he's like, bro, like that's one week for me. You know I mean, there's levels. There's levels. You know what I mean? Like, I think that bro, we need to level up. We need to level up. That's mm-hmm. the one thing I couldn't get my mind over. I was like, bro, what? And he, he buys all his rolls cash, and he's been buying rolls cash since he was like 27. Dave Ramsey. Fuck Dave Mentality. Ramsey. Fuck Dave Ramsey. I said it. <laughs> Dave Ramsey creates more broke people than anybody else in America. Limited beliefs. Limited beliefs. I'm every, sorry. I'm sorry, Jay. Every time I ask someone um, where they, when I talk to people, they're just like, ah, I got 10 more, 10 more, 10 more uh, years, or I got like one more year left to pay off my house. And I'm like, and then what? Like, well, I won't have any, I won't have any um, expenses. I won't, I'm like, bro, you got all that equity built up in that house and the bank's just lending your money out for you and making money off of it. You got a $500,000 house that the bank's just going ahead and taking that money and just lending it out and just making all this money off of it. Meanwhile, you just okay with just not having a thousand dollar mortgage payment. And with Dave Ramsey, he tells you to live shitty. Like, hey, don't go buy Starbucks. Starbucks ain't going to change your life, bitch. (laughs) It ain't. (laughs) 
start not drinking Starbucks is not going to change your life. Okay, maybe over 30 years that makes a dent, but if that makes a dent in your life, you're following the wrong people because I'm going to tell you to go shit. fucking sell something. You did the wrong shit. My, I guess my thought behind that is just like, and, I, and again, I, we, ne- we never say this to really just say that the way someone's doing something is wrong. I just, again, it's taken, you know, days and years of changing the way that you think about things, you know, and reframing everything reframing you know or asking questions about shit you know and so the thought to me of paying off a house i felt like that's something like as minorities mexicans asians you know (laughs) blacks whatever it may be like that's just something that we haven't we we haven't overcome because we how many houses do we go in southwest fresno to go buy these houses that are paid off and people like i don't even sell my house it's paid for and it's like okay like you, so do you want to just maybe you should refinance it, go purchase two or three more properties, and like you know what I mean? Like but I don't want to be at, a, you where know? are you at in your life, right? Because like if I'm making, let's say I'm making ten million a year, and I go buy my house ten million cash, and I still have thirty million in the bank, and I don't have to worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, that's a different. That's because now that's your primary residence. Like, like I'm talking about like your primary mm-hmm. residence, like bro, and even if you. If you have a game plan mm-hmm. of, I talked to a guy this weekend who has a hundred free and clear houses in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He's like, bro, I did it. I and he was like Michael Zuber. He was like, I was a firefighter and I paid them all down. At no point in time did I have more than three thousand dollars in my bank account ever. Mm-hmm. But he had a plan. But he was all- okay with what his cash flow was each month. Not his cash flow, but what like he was okay with what he was making. Like he was happy with his job. He loved the income that he gave him. He saved, maybe took a thousand dollars from him. He was like, I can live off three thousand dollars a month, whatever it may be, yeah. right? And he's like, anything extra over three thousand dollars a month, I'm gonna buy houses. And so he just bought houses. It really didn't affect and him. Paid down the house and paid down the house. Right, or put a renter in there, and the renters just he didn't take no cash flow from it. On top of it, so just like you know what I'm saying. So like it may, it may, maybe he would have made a little bit of money off of it. But like, and I tell people that like if you're a teacher or something like that, yeah, go buy, a, go refinance your house, use this money as a down payment. You still got 20 years left, right? Take all that cash flow that you get from the rent and literally just fucking pay it down. Don't take no money from four houses. Just pay it down. Pay it down. By the time you're ready to retire as a teacher, you should have about four houses that are free and clear, making you fifteen hundred dollars a month on four houses. What's that? Six thousand dollars a month? All right, that's way more money than ever made. You know what I mean? So, if you're happy with where you are now, and I think, and I think about what you feel like you can do, and go create more for yourself. So by the time you you are retired, you do have a lot more going on. I'm not telling you to go quit your job and fucking go be a millionaire. I'm telling you to quit your job and go be. No, I'm just telling you just to make some decisions (laughs) with the money that you've already invested in your home. Yeah. All right, bro. I think we can wrap this up. (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in, man. Hey, again, make sure uh, if you guys are here uh, watching this stream live, the video will be on Facebook. So you can go ahead and share it with your friends. Um, Comment on it. Tell us what your best, what your favorite part of this episode was. Uh, make sure that you go to Apple uh, Podcasts, subscribe to our podcast, Free Agent REI. Uh, and I've been po- I'm posting it to mine too. I'm posting it to the um, winning move. Okay. To get some more traction. So go ahead and follow our, our, our podcast or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and share this video with all your loved ones, man. And that's all that we ask. We really appreciate you guys for tuning in. It means a lot to us. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. And go follow us both on Instagram. And please, please, please share it with all your friends. If it brought you any value, if it made you think differently, if it made you laugh, whatever, in whatever way, share with your friends. Thank you guys so much.
Thank you for tuning in to the Free Agent Real Estate Investing Podcast. Don't forget to give us a five-star review. If you would like to stay in touch with Stratton and myself, follow us on Instagram. And please be sure to subscribe to our Free Agent REI Podcast YouTube channel and give us a thumbs up. 